It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, episode 190 on Sunday the 27th of June. I'm Armish Phil. Sorry, Ben, I uh, I had you muted. (laughs) Who are you? It's probably for the best. I'm Armish Ben. (laughs) And I'm Armish Matt. Uh, I've been in the intro as well. I had the channel, the audio channels muted. So uh, if you're watching on video, that will have been surreal. (laughs) But never mind. The audio will have been. We've fine. only been doing it four years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Well, tonight's guest is an author, researcher, um, podcaster, actor. Anything I miss, George? International man of mystery. Yeah, I'm pretty much covered. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, George Lunsford. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Doing great. How are y'all? Very well, thank you. It's been a glorious day in, in Lancashire today. It's been nice, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we didn't bring you here to talk about the weather. No. Um, your podcast. You've you've rebranded your podcast. Odd and Unusual Tales, I believe it's called. It is, yes. I've changed it. I'm going to expand it out a little bit, give a little bit of historical stuff, everything from strange things in history like um, my first podcast will be Stalin trying to create the super soldier by <laughs> humans and gorillas. Wow. And you're covering all sorts of uh, paranormal, cryptids. I mean, how do you, how do you decide what, what subject you're going to cover? Because there's that much to go on. Well, I figure if I give it a wide name, I can have a wide uh, subject. Mm-hmm. I can do serial killers, UFOs, any unusual strange stories I can jump. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And you're an author as well? Yes, um, sir. You've been writing a series of books. I think the fourth one's come out quite recently, hasn't it? A couple of weeks ago? Yes, sir. That's the, I've been the last one in the series, and I'll start some uh, other stuff. That's the one. Legends, Myth, Monsters, and Ghosts. Yep, I Again. covered the United States, and uh, I actually threw in some from overseas. I threw in one from England and Vietnam and China and France and Africa and a few other places. All right, which is which one from England was it? Do you remember? Top of your head? Story of George and the Dragon. Nice. Right, so this falls under myth, I guess, myth and legend. Yep. Um. And there's sort of quite a bit of sort of esoteric baggage with George and the Dragon, isn't there? Yep. I, I couldn't pass it up. I've heard the story of George and the Dragon all my life. My name's George, so <laughs> I have to tell the place. <laughs> did you, um, I mean, did you find out sort of where the origins for this story come from? I did. I did. I, and I, I put everything in there. Hopefully, I didn't butcher it too much. <laughs> yeah. It's um, 
it's something we don't really... I mean, I, I suppose it's one of the foundation myths, isn't it, of our culture? Mm. Don't, yeah, we don't really talk about it much, do you, at school or whatever? No, well, I, I think it's quite... You know, um, things sort of since the Enlightenment, things are just written off when it comes to mythology, aren't they? And um, the the value and the meaning are uh, discarded as superstition and uh, or fiction. You guys have such great myths and stories up there. It was hard to pick just one to do. I mean, you got you know got the Black Dog and several other things over there that just. From the long history of the UK, it just fell out everywhere. I mean, there's stories all over the place from there. Yeah. Well, we have a lot more history. I mean, the United States is a relatively new country, and I noticed in your books that you've drawn on uh, Native American myth and legend as well. Oh, very much so, yeah. The the good thing about going on the Indians' uh, stories is as they pass the stories down, they never change. You hear it now; it's the same as what it's told to begin with. That there's no variation at all. It's it's real pure. It's a, it's a great place to get stories from. Where everybody else is is watered down and things added to it, and things taken away, and you got different variations of all the other stories. It's an interesting point that because um, the skill, if you like, of oral tradition is something that we've lost in the in the modern West, isn't it? It's um, we find it difficult to believe how two thousand years ago, for example, a story which seems so so long, so intricate, that's so full of detail, could have been passed down from generation to generation without the old Chinese whispers or telephone, you call it in the United States, without bits being changed and and whatnot. Yeah, and it's really it really is truly a lost art because the. All the uh, Indians, uh, tribes, they still do that. They actually still teach a lot of their myths and legends in schools. Cool. At least I don't know what the Cherokee do because I'm out of Cherokee all the time. But we don't. We When I was young, we did. We would pass them down from grandfather to father to son. But now it's it's a lost start. That's why I wanted to write this series of books mm-hmm. so that I could get people interested in doing it again. Yeah, and to to make a record of these things as well, because that's one one danger, I suppose, with uh, myths and legends that are transmitted orally, is that they're susceptible to being lost. Yeah, and I wanted to do one over for overseas, you know, for the UK and all the, all the Europe and China and Russia and all that. Mm. But I'm going to put that on hold. And I'm going to jump on some uh, supernatural horror. <laughs> do the um do the Native Americans use song as well to transmit these stories? Not like we used to. They still do, but nothing like what we used to do. Because that's um a common thing in the UK, particularly with uh, Wales. They had the Welsh bards, and um, a lot of the Arthurian legends, the King Arthur stuff, comes down from Welsh bards transmitting the the story. And it's quite yeah. clever because, you know, when you when we're teaching our kids the alphabet, we don't say, okay, this is the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We go A, B, C, D, E, F. And as soon as you use a melody, a melody 
with the information, it becomes so much easier to learn and then transmit. And that's something that the Welsh bards do and how they used to transmit a lot of their storytelling. Yeah, yeah. When I was down, well, we were was in Cardiff Wells when I was in the Navy. Okay. Uh, when we were in the pubs and stuff, they would do that. They would sing some of the, the bard's tales and some of the legends and the stuff like that when I was over there. Yeah, a lot of um, Celtic culture has, has been preserved in that sense. You know, if you go to Ireland particularly, um, the very, what, protective? Is that the right word? The, the very proud, aren't they, of of the native culture well yeah and it, for a long time it was suppressed wasn't it by us the english i suppose not necessarily us too but not uh, us no. <laughs> um but the the english generally, generally wasn't there and then after that there's an explosion so in terms of like irish culture the gaelic language and all the rest of it mm. so sort of at the beginning of the last century i guess when um it kind of got independence mm. I mean, like when we've been over, I know that when we've been over together and stuff, uh, mainly to go on the piss, but um, you always go into a pub and people are singing folk songs and things like that, aren't they? So, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a different kind of culture around it, I would say, between. Absolutely. Yeah, and they use, a lot of them use traditional instruments, musical instruments. They have traditional sports. Mm hmm. They haven't adopted to the same degree the same sports of us. They use um, is it is it hurling? Is it hurling? There's Gaelic, definitely Gaelic football, isn't there? Yeah, and the one with the stick. It's a bit like lacrosse, yeah, isn't I it? That, I think that's hurling, isn't it? Yeah, fighting with sticks. <laughs> yeah, sort of a cross between MMA and ice hockey, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, it seems to me that um, a lot of the sort of modern folklore, cryptozoology, if you like. A lot of it seems quite modern. And I wonder, you know, if you take... Let's take an example. Let's take something like Dogman, for example. I mean, is this quite a modern phenomenon? Or does it have this sort of heritage that George and the Dragon or King Arthur has? No, it doesn't have the deep roots like King George. I mean, uh, George and the Dragon. But it, it goes back regular dogman reportings go back to probably about I'm thinking around the 1950s. Right. What sort of area? Uh, they're all right now. They're all over the place. We're getting reports. I've been reading reports from, uh, like six or eight different States on a constant flow. I mean, we even hear that there's a dogman reports. And are they, are they fairly, um, consistent these reports despite the the wide range in geography there is uh and i think the difference is these reports it's almost like they're bleed off from werewolf reports that come from over in england back in the middle ages born there and it was brought over here with the english and the germans and it's developed into a dogma man now instead of a werewolf because the difference is according to the the history of a wolf man or you change back to a human well dogman don't dogman is a species all of its own well not to be confused with myself if i was to take my t-shirt <laughs> off right now yeah he's he's quite hairy yeah i'm a hair suit man on a yeah wookie like mm. I've, I've heard you've been referred to yeah that's why i keep it close with the shave <laughs> <laughs> otherwise uh, it'd be too much 
How much of these um, dogman reports? I, w- I want to say, are, are people jumping on the ba- bandwagon to a degree? To a degree, yeah. Uh, right now, cryptic creatures are huge all over the world. There's been more reports being issued. There's been more photographs and videos. Just simply because everybody carries a video camera now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> On the internet. Yeah. I mean, you would think every. Uh, this is one thing that sort of troubles me with some of the, the Bigfoot stuff is that you would think with the amount of people who have, oh, a, yes. you know, a HD camera in their pocket, mm. you would think that by now we would have something conclusive. Mm. Would, you not, would you not think, George? Well, I think the big thing with Bigfoot is that until they actually put a body on a slab and they can go, this is my Bigfoot, here he is, no questions asked, there's never going to be a scientific uh, agreement on what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think what some people probably maybe don't realize is just how big an area the Pacific Northwest is. Mm. Oh, it's, it's even here. You figure, I live in the Appalachian Mountains. It's one of the oldest mountain ranges in America. And we have Bigfoot sightings here a lot. Mm. By school, by, you know, open areas, crossing roads, stuff like that. Wow. It's weird, isn't it? Mm. I think it's cool. I love it. Bigfoot's probably one of my favorite ones. Well, I think it all did. It all start. It was was it the Patterson Gimlick? I'm going to screw the name up. Patterson Gimlick or something. Footage was that the big um, sort of thing that sparked this interest off? It did. Well, it all started with some footprints that were found before that, right? And and Roger Patterson was obsessed with these footprints. He kept. It took him months and months and months to actually go on this expedition where they accidentally found Bigfoot. Mm. I mean, it was, it was all the total coincidence. Now, it's, it's quite a co- controversial video, isn't it? It was until they released the 4K or 8K version of it, and you can actually see the muscle lines. You can see there's no seams, uh, everything. I mean, they really broke it down. Even the way the foot comes up, if you look at the foot, it comes up flat like this. For a human's foot, don't it comes up like this? Our foot swings in this motion, and that one comes up and then back down and up and back down. It's a whole um, movement for your foot than what a regular human has. Right. So, I mean, I want to see like some anthropologists go into this and like study the gait and the movement, and you know, I mean, as. A- I've watched a few reports from some anthropologists, and they saying that there's a, a mycardial break in the foot, like what a bear would have, like in the middle of the foot instead of the back. That's why you have when you have the footprints, it's a flat footprint at the middle, maybe raised a little bit, because that's the way the foot bends, unlike a regular human foot. Right. Okay. Thank you. Have you? Is this a hobby of yours? Do you, do you go squatching? Not yet. Uh, I want to go, but I work a full-time job, so it's kind of hard to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'll tell you one of the um, 
sort of interesting phenomena that I've heard discussed that I wanted to get your opinion on was these uh, these reported sightings of black-eyed children. I think they're awesome. It's, it's all a supernatural thing from what I've read and what I've seen about this. Uh, I mean, these kids are popping out of nowhere from behind vehicles and stuff when nobody knows they're there. And they actually have some kind of a mental control over the people that they're talking to who will let them in the house or in their vehicle and that's when all the trouble starts yeah. I'm just going to say what's the trouble, what do they do? Uh, I've read about attacks uh, now I haven't read about anybody getting killed but I have read about uh, physical attacks by these kids so called kids mm-hmm. and people believe it's, it's either uh supernatural or aliens or I've heard all kinds of different things. I don't know that I believe much of them because mm. I haven't seen myself. I'm, I'm weird that way. I want to see it myself. Okay. Yeah. Isn't there uh, an aspect of them asking for something like asking to gain access a bit like vampires? Yeah. They have to ask them. Oh, they can't come in without permission. That creeps me out. <laughs> I remember hearing one, and it was this, uh, I think it was a, a lady, a female, who reported the sighting, and, and uh, I think it was just a knock at her front door. And she opened the door, and this kid was there, or maybe two kids, and I think they asked to use the telephone. Mm-hmm. And then on closer inspection, she noticed that they had they both had completely black eyes, and they were acting weird. And she just completely freaked out and slammed the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one in a car. Did you have you heard the story about um, asking to help for a lift home? I think or in the back of a car or something with the black eyed child. Yeah, you yeah, heard this one. one. Ben's unmuted, yeah. so he got his attention. <laughs> no, sorry. I was going to say this. Uh, they, they often ask for like a drink of water or something fairly innocuous, or, or a lift home, or mm-hmm. you know, and it's all to try and. I guess to try and get you to uh, to let them into your your um, personal space or whatever. <laughs> so, what is the purpose then? Does anybody know? What I think so it's you... to sell timeshares <laughs> <laughs> or car warranties. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, have you got any real theories as to why they're uh, why they ask for for permission then? Anything you've heard? It almost makes me wonder if there's not some kind of uh, supernatural thing there, and they're mm. restricted by getting permission. Yeah. You know, like one day they make deals with the devil, like in one of my books, about, uh, mm-hmm. they have to get he, the devil ask him instead of saying, okay, here's your power, you go do what you need to do. He has to, he has to accept it mm-hmm. before they have any control over it. This is this is a common theme. Uh, a lot of people in the sort of conspiracy theory circle, when we're talking about uh, the Illuminati and such, and, you know, why did they make it so obvious? Um, why is it out in the open? It's Some people believe that they have to. They can't hide this stuff from us. They have to do it out in the open because that's a form of... It's like a form of consent. Well, the best way to hide something's in plain sight. Yeah. 
People get used to it. They don't pay attention to it anymore. Mm. Makes it easy to do what they got to do. Definitely. I mean, Georgia, have you personally seen any kind of cryptids at all then? Because you said that you, you mentioned earlier that to kind of believe you feel that uh, you have to see it with your own eyes. So have you ever seen anything with your own eyes? I've seen some ghosts and UFOs. Ghosts, right. Well, should we start with ghosts then? Where have you seen a ghost? Yeah, I first seen my first ghost I seen, I was young. First? Uh, <laughs> I was in my bedroom, yeah. and my grandmother come to me, and I woke up, and I, all I could see was like a, my grandma, my great-grandmother, but she was like a translucent, uh-huh. I guess. But she had a certain, uh, I guess, perfume she wore all the time that I could smell. So I knew it was my grandmother, my great-grandmother. And she told me that she loved me, and she told me goodbye, that she had, she was going home. Uh-huh. Then she, but the smell was still there, the perfume. Mm. Next day I woke up, and I found out she had passed away. Huh. No way. But, but I've seen a few a few ghosts. We, <laughs> we bought a ring camera, a doorbell camera, for my front door. Uh-huh. Yeah. And off one night. And me and my wife pulled it up on our phone, and you could see something come out of the middle bedroom. It come out, stopped in front of the ring. The, it kind of had a, a human shape, but it's just a fog. And the top part like turned like it looked at the camera. Then it turned back and walked straight off the end of the porch. <laughs> How big was it? It was probably five and a half foot tall, six foot tall. And it looked, I mean, did it have, like, color? Was it translucent? It was just like a fog. It was a human-shaped fog. Just a single blob. But you could see it where it had, like, a head and arms. And you could see everything, but you couldn't distinguish it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sort of anthropomorphic. It sounds like a shadow person, doesn't it? Well, I would say it was a shadow person, but it was white. Right. Yeah, and it just turned and walked straight off the porch. We haven't seen it since. Thank God. Have you got the video? I don't. Uh, at the time, we didn't have the service. We just had the ring, so it didn't record it. I was so mad, too, because I wanted to have that forever. But, you know. Yeah. You were saying um, you were saying before we started recording, I think, that you were in the Navy for a, for a spell. I was, yes, four years. Right, was that from after school, was it? Did you go into the Navy? I did. I joined right out of high school. Cool. What were you doing there? I was a gunner's mate. I basically just shot things. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're pretty big guns, George. Well, I, I carried an M14, which is a three oh eight round, and I carried a forty five. Wow. No, I meant the guns on the boat. <laughs> Do you not shoot the guns on the boat? Yeah, 76 millimeter. It's kind of a anti-aircraft, anti-missile. <coughs> it fire, so it fire. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's um, had, uh, a missile launcher and a Sea Whiz. Cool. I mean, you must have seen a lot of the world. I mean, do you see a lot of the world in the Navy, or are you mainly sort of below decks and 
sort of they don't let you out so much. Do you actually get to experience a lot of the places you visit? I did. I, I went to 27 different islands and countries in one war zone. Wow. Which war zone would it have been? I went to the Persian Gulf in 88 to 89. We replaced the USS Robinson when they hit the mine and blew it in half. We went and took her place, and we cruised. We found some uh, mines. We uh, did some uh, escort missions. Got shot at a little bit by some from uh, Iranian uh, bog hammer or small boat with a machine gun on the front of it. Nothing major. Do you uh, do you ever miss the the naval life, like the camaraderie? And I bet if it's anything like how I imagine it, there's a lot of joking and a lot of. Um mucking around and winding each other up. Yeah, I do miss my friends. But we have a reunion almost every other year. Cool. I get to go see them. Cool. But uh, it, I had some fun times. I had some not-so-fun times. <laughs> well, yeah. Apparently, spe- I'm authority, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're replacing a boat that's just been blown in half, then uh, I imagine that's quite stressful. Actually, I enjoyed that part best of all. <laughs> the only time I got to do my job. <laughs> was it Was it like a, were you on aircraft carriers? No, nah, my boat was small. It was uh, 453 feet long. And didn't, we were just like an FFG, the same ship that got blew up to what we were. <coughs> I remember <coughs> my dad trying to convince me to go into the Navy <laughs> when I was about 15. And his main argument was, they have really nice uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't didn't work. Didn't wash that one, did it? No, no. Hey, did you uh, did you ever go through the Bermuda Triangle when you're in the Navy, George? Oh, many, many, many times. Uh, I had a few experiences there. I was going to ask. Well, you survived. You didn't get lost, so I'm too hard headed. They won't take me. <laughs> what what kind of experience? <laughs> what kind of experiences did you have in the Bermuda Triangle? Uh, one time we found a tail fin from an F fourteen floating in the water, and we pulled it up on the ship, and it looked like it had been laser cut and laid there for us to find. There was hardly any no barnacles on it, hardly, and it was just smooth all the way around it. There was no sharp edges on it. Wow, like a hole had been cut out of the tail fin. Yeah, and it's set there for us to find. And the, the aircraft, we run the numbers on it, it had been missing for like, I think it was four years. So it should have had all kinds of barnacles and everything else on it. But it wasn't. And then, I mean, presumably, y- you know, you guys who were, you know, maybe lower-ranking officers, you see all this stuff happening. I mean, do you have to sort of sign things to say we're not going to talk about this and then it gets taken upstairs and never to be heard of again? How's it work when something most weird people, like that happens on a ship? Yeah, most people just don't talk about it. I mean, and back then, I mean, this was in the 80s, so everybody thought you was crazy if you talked about something like this. Mm-hmm. And the best one was we was in the goat. We was in the Bermuda uh, Triangle. Beautiful, beautiful day. Water was just as smooth as silk. No waves. It was just gorgeous. The sun was shining. It was about, I don't know, 70, 75 degrees. There was a breeze blowing. I was on the aft lookout. 
And ahead of the ship, there was a, you could see like a black spot or a gray spot. As the ship got closer to that spot, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger to when we got to it, it was a giant fog wall that went from the water all the way up as high as you could see and as far as you could see on both sides. And as the ship went into the fog, we lost everything on it, and the compass just started spinning wildly. <laughs> as each part of the ship went into it, that's what would happen. And we had so much inertia going forward that it just carried us through. And as we come out the other side of it, uh, everything kicked back on normal. Wow. How long? I was lookout. When I come through it, everything already kicked back on. But you look back, and there was no fog wall. And the water was choppy, and the whole day was gray. Wow. How long did it take you to get through to the other side? Uh, not really long. It was probably the depth of it, I would say, it was probably 500 feet, 600 feet. And that was it. And then we, when we come out, and it, I, when I look back, there was nothing there. I mean, it was all gone. That's weird. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, so you didn't, did you sort of like have a, a, a mate, like a best pal, a best friend who you would talk talk to things like this about on the ship? Yeah, I had several friends. We'd talk, we'd talk about stuff. What did they? They oh. blew it off. And I did, at the time I did, I never really thought much about it. Mm. It just kind of happened and we blew it off and, Going on about our business. So subsequently, have you ever sort of looked into any of that, those things you've experienced? Like the, I, I, I don't know if you'd be able to remember sort of like the tail number for the, the airplane, or you know, or looked into sort of like the weather issue. I've got the tail fin somewhere around here. Right. Okay. But have you ever looked into it to see so what were the reports were of, of that plane going down, or if it just lost its tail fin? Oh no! The, it went down like four years before we found it. Okay. Uh, they had the difficulty. Yeah. They believe it was a genetic disturbance, and the pilots ejected and were picked up by a naval ship because okay. they were on maneuver. And the plane crashed into the water. Sorry, it's just when uh, when we're talking, his uh, George's mic gets muted mm. for some reason. I don't know. I didn't do this last week. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what about the Bermuda Triangle? I mean, when did when did we start? Was it when aircraft, air travel started? That first reports of the Bermuda Triangle phenomenon started? Or does it go back further than that? It's something I know nothing about. It goes all the way back to, like, Christopher Columbus. I mean, he reported seeing stuff, lights in the sky. He reported uh, compasses spinning. This, ever since we've been traveling through that area, it, it's been reported. And it's not the only one. There's different spots in different areas, like the devil, uh, like the Dragon Triangle over by Japan. There's basically the same thing happening there. It's happening in the Bermuda Triangle. It even happens on land, like up in Alaska. Wow. And so is there any sort of uh, attempted explanations about what's causing this phenomenon at Bermuda Triangle? I'm thinking of, like, um, what do they call it? The... Uh, magnetic field of the earth or i don't know the what's the uh the thing the weather thing that goes over the ocean the jet stream jet streams i don't know has anyone tried to sort of come up with a 
a sort of non-paranormal explanation for this phenomenon? Yeah, there's been tons and tons and tons of research done on it, but nothing is conclusive enough to say this is what's causing everything because it's not happening just on the surface of the water. It's happening in the air and everything. I mean, they they come up with methane bubbles for ships sinking. They come up with magnetic storms that throw compasses off. They've come up with all this stuff, but they still can't explain it. Defies explanation. It does. Yeah. I mean, you've got to say, if, if when something has a, a historical precedent, like you're saying Columbus talking about it, that says to me that there's something going going on. And it doesn't have to be something completely paranormal. It's just something that's unexplained. It could have it could have quite a mundane explanation, but the point is is that we don't understand it. Hmm. That's true. You're exactly right. Yeah, I've always kind of, when I've read about it, it's always put down to kind of the weather and sort of how quickly it can change there. Sort of go from kind of what you described there, George, from sort of um, crystal clear to kind of like a storm and foggy within sort of minutes. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that is certainly weird, isn't it, what you kind of described. So have you ever, I suppose, looked into whether that other people have reported a similar thing to what you experienced in terms of that fog wall or fog bank. Yeah, there's there's tons and tons and tons of experiences, a lot mm-hmm. like what I just... I guess um, the fact that a modern vessel has gone through and you, and you describe the instruments playing up, I mean, to me, that suggests an electromagnetic, static, something electrical going on with the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, and you can feel it on your skin because you, your your skin starts tingling, the hair stands up on your arms and on your neck and everything. Wow, you experienced that as you were going through? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now now then, is this... Could that, have, could that be psychological? Because you know you're in the Bermuda Triangle and you see this mad wall of fog. I'm just thinking, could that be something like that just gives you the creeps? I don't know. So I never really thought about it when I was in the Navy. It never never occurred to me. It never really clicked in that, hey, we're going to the Bermuda Triangle again. <laughs> <laughs> so how many times did you go through it? Oh, many, many times. Because my, my ship was stationed off of uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Right. So we went through it all the time. What do you make of, um, it's been a big weekend as far as, as an ex-Navy man, the UAP phenomena. You know, it's been big in the news over the last couple of weeks, uh, well, over the last couple of years, people coming forward from the armed services saying they've seen weird things, we've had the Tic Tac video, and then I think it was Trump, wasn't it, about six months ago, announced that he wanted this report doing, and it's come to light, I think, this weekend. Have you have you looked into this yet? Not enough. Uh, but I, I believe everything I've read and from all the people that, that I've read the stuff from, they're too credible to, to just say, no, that don't happen. I mean, you got these real high-ranking people that have seen this stuff. They've got them on video. It's not, it's not a regular video. It's from a, the cockpit of, a, of an aircraft. And it's just, you know, it's amazing. It really is. And it's... What, what's, about the Tic Tac video is that when we were coming back from uh, 
Illinois, me and my wife, we were at 37,000 feet. And we seen a silver object at 37,000 feet across from our plane that had no wings. It looked like a cylinder. And it disappeared just in a blink of an eye. Wow. Did uh, any of the other passengers see it? Did you shout and say, whoa, look at that thing? <laughs> well, my wife seen it, and she goes, what is that? And I looked at and she reached down to get her camera, and by the time she brought the camera up, it disappeared. I mean, it was just like, poop, it was gone. And I know it wasn't the drone, because like I said, it's at 37,000 feet and over a civilian area. So there was no, there was no reason for a military drone. It had no wings. It was just a, a just 30-second blip. What do you what do you think's the most likely explanation? Let's take the the Tic Tac video for it, for an example. If you if I had to ask you to put your money, put a bet on, uh, what do you think that that phenomena is? Oh, we I have no doubt it's alien. I really don't. There is over a million Earth-like planets just in our solar system. Yeah. So, in Earth, it, when you measure the age of Earth compared to some of those other ones, Earth is relatively young compared to some of the other planets that they have found that are in a Earth-like orbit around their suns. Plus, they're huge. They're much bigger than Earth. And it just makes more sense that, you know, they're going to be more advanced if they're a million years older than we are. That yeah. They're going to be that advanced than we are. If they've managed not to um, self-destruct <laughs> like our civilization threatens to do every now and again. Yeah. We're a circus act to them. So, you know. <laughs> so you're not buying the um, uh, future humans coming back? Because a lot of people think that the greys are, uh, you know, like the classic greys are... Uh, more highly evolved humans, essentially. I guess anything's possible. I, I wouldn't discount anything right now till we actually get the evidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got to think if if we take this premise that it that it is alien visitation, I've got to think. Well, what's the motive? Are they sort of weighing us up so they can strip us of our resources? <laughs> you know, like our why? playstations. Yeah, or is it, you know, the way we go to the safari park, the zoo, they just come in and sort of visiting and say, oh, look at these primitive fuckers. I can't remember that one. <laughs> what do you think? What, why, would they, why would they sort of bother with us? Well, we're, reach, we're reaching a point now, since 1969, we're reaching a point where we're expanding farther and farther out. I mean, now we're at Mars, we're dropping rovers, they're talking about colonizing Mars, we're showing that we're moving farther out towards them. Maybe they're getting more and more curious about, you know, who's coming out here mm. because they've been bombing it for so long. And and who knows? It, they just may want to use Earth for a hub. Stop over, drink a beer, and leave. You know, you, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know. I sort of, I kind of think... <sighs> I wonder if it's like the Prime Directive, you know, from Star Trek. If it is, they've kind of blown it because they're not meant to interfere, are they? No. Yeah, I think they blew that one. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, and, it, and 
it's not that modern a phenomena. If you if you look at like Charles Fort and stuff, we've got reports of strange objects being seen in the sky for you know at least a couple of hundred years. Right. If you look at some of the Egyptian paintings and some of the paintings, they're in the they're actually in the paintings. Are we going so, to ancient aliens? <laughs> no, that show uh, it seems to stretch it a little bit more than what I believe. <laughs> We've never, we've never got anybody on to endorse... Well, we have had one guest to endorse Ancient Aliens, haven't we? But most people say they're not having it, Ancient Aliens. I've watched it, and this just seems like they're really stretching on some stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I've got my feet firmly on the ground. I think it's the greys. The greys? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you raise a good point about the... Um, what would you say the credibility of the witnesses that we've had with these these military sightings and these things that have been declassified? And um, when we talked to um, Terry Lovelace mm-hmm. about, you know, mm-hmm. he he held on to his story for decades because mm-hmm. of this stigma and this sort of fear of people coming forward. Because you know, um, without wanting to be harsh it's been sort of the butt of a joke it's been a mm. people have been made a laughing stock haven't they when they've come forward um oh yeah careers you yeah. can't you can't overestimate the effect that has on people and their willingness to come forward with with stories whatever the explanation is that's true it's like because yeah there was no way he was a an assistant attorney general or something wasn't he yeah, he had quite a like a prominent role in mm-hmm. public office, and he, from what I remember, he felt like um, he would be putting his credibility in jeopardy by coming forward with something like this, mm-hmm. which is a real shame, to be honest. And it makes you wonder how many other people are holding on to stories and not coming forward with them. Well, I think, fortunately, since this Tic Tac episode with the government releasing those files, I think you're going to see a lot more come forward. Mm. And yeah, I suppose do people um, who've gotten to know you and your kind of podcasts and your books and stuff, do they start contacting you? Cause I know a lot of people that we've spoken to when they start writing about these things or they have certain experiences um, and write about themselves or go on podcasts and whatever, lots of people begin to contact them. So have you had that? A few, not a lot. I would love people to do it more often. Yeah, I love stories about you know whether they have some kind of encounter with a cryptid or a ghost or a UFO. Mm-hmm. I love it. So if they want to contact me, they can contact me anytime through my website. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put the link in the uh, description if anyone wants to uh, contact George. Yeah, the, the website will be there as well. We'll put all the links for um, social media. You're on Instagram, aren't you? I think. I am, yes, sir. Yeah, so mm-hmm. put the put the links in the show notes if anyone wants to contact you mm-hmm. and give you the, give you some scoops, mm. some scripted scoops. Definitely enjoy it. <laughs> Are you going to write any more books, George? Did you say? I am. Uh, after I do the one, the supernatural horror, I'm going to do. After I do that story, then I may jump back on the legends and stuff. Was that? A, did you say? Just, sorry, did you say that was a fiction book? You're going to. Right on, work on next. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a, it's supernatural, a horror. Right. So it'll be 
I don't know how to say it without giving it away. It's, uh, ah, how can I word it? Hmm. It is an Avenger, spiritual Avenger, that comes to make these people pay a price. Oh, wow. And boy, do they pay the price. Sounds like Amish Phil. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I like it. pretty good to be up by a, uh, a, uh, can you think about what I'm trying to say now? A brush chopper. Sorry, say again. He runs one of the people to a brush chopper. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, is that like a wood chipper? Yep. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not that kind of guy. Um, well, I don't know. I've not put anyone through a wood chipper. Well, that's don't actually we... one of the nicest bits that happened in this book. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you've you, apparently. I, I've, I confess, I was reading about books. You've you've sort of delved into true crime as well, haven't you? Some of it, yeah. I did like H H home H H R Holmes, where He's, he built a hotel made just to kill people. Oh, I think I, I vaguely sort of uh, know this story, but please tell me, remind me. Oh, it's a, it's a fun story. He. Uh, goes up to Chicago and he smoothes this woman and her husband that has a pharmacy where he gets hired by them and he smoothes the wife until the husband disappears and then the wife disappears and he gets the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Well, he owns a pharmacy. So he buys the property across from the pharmacy and builds a hotel right before the world's fair in Chicago to kill people. Yes. Hotel, he has all the rooms designed. He has like five different contractors, so none of them ever knows what the other one's doing. He has trap doors built in. He has gas lines that stop inside the room. All this stuff done, and it actually drops the people from the rooms down into the basement where he does experiments on their bodies. So this is all real. Mm. He kills them and everything. But the funny thing is, he wasn't originally arrested for killing the people. Why was he, he arrested? Well, he left Chicago before the police got him. And he was found in Texas where he was arrested for being a horse thief. Yeah. <laughs> what an anticlimax. I've definitely... I've, and yeah. All back to what happened and they got him. <laughs> I thought you were going to say tax evasion because that's normally how they get them. <laughs> <laughs> Re uh, John McAfee this week. Mm. And uh, John McAfee oh. didn't Epstein himself. Oh yeah, no. And the the building collapsed. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. A lot of strangeness. It's just been a very strange week, hasn't it? As far as news yeah. goes. Yeah. You know, we've had the UA, UAP sort of disclosure non-event. McAfee killing himself. Steel reinforced uh, multi story buildings collapsing at you know what looked like controlled demolition. It's just everything. There seems to be, I think we're at the end times. I think they're pretty close. Wouldn't surprise me, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all. No, how's um, how's life been? What, what state did you say you're in, George? I am in North Carolina. 
North Carolina. How how have the um, because it's interesting when we talk to people from the states because the different states have taken different attitudes to the virus of unspecified origin that we've been living under. How's it been in North Carolina? Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> How so? Uh, the whole deal with well, they fortunately they lifted all our restrictions finally. We don't really have any restrictions now. But when you look at the, what the virus is and they want you to wear a little paper mask all the time, it's ridiculous because you're talking about a microscopic virus that can easily go through the mask. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, particularly when it when you've been wearing it for more than 10 minutes and it gets wet. Yep, exactly. I saw a picture of someone wearing one in the sea. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what is going on? Why? I mean, we've been under assault, haven't we, for the last 15 months when it comes to the media and propaganda and messaging. Mm. And it just makes you wonder when you see a photo of someone wearing a face mask in the sea, if this damage is permanent. (laughs) Think the brain damage is <laughs> yeah lack of, i think it might be lack of oxygen to the brain maybe that's the cause of uh, the problem <laughs> so you're back to, so you're, you're relatively back to normal are all the stores open they're all open but the problem what's is left they of them yeah they can't get anyone to work nobody wants to go back to work really don't want to go back to work so how, how what do you mean by that the right now the government's paying them extra to make up for not working and they're drawing more employment than what they are if they work yeah so yeah um me i'm not that lucky i work and i never stopped through the whole thing so we actually were working overtime <laughs> yeah we uh, played a clip the other week um from yolanda Bhattacharya, wasn't it who talked about trickle down epidemiology in that the the sort of the middle classes the highly educated people have been shielded while the sort of low pay, lower paid lower class manual workers people who work in essential services like the power grid health they've been sent forward and carry on as normal and they've taken the brunt of of what's been going on over the last uh, 18 oh, months yeah yeah, and now we're struggling to get you're struggling to get people to get back in the saddle and get back working again. Mm-hmm. I think we're having, we're suffering from a similar thing. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think it's 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 an unusual experiment, isn't it? That we've that we've run, paying people, you know, to stay at home. I mean, a lot of people hate their jobs and. Why would they want to go back to work if they if they're going to get paid to mm. sit on their arse and watch Netflix all day? Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's just it sounds good, but it's unsustainable, isn't it? Yeah, it's unsustainable for for the economy that we have. Yeah, we had or had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. How do you think it's going to pan out? Do you think, um, are the rest of the states following suit and opening up now? Most of them are, yeah, except for some of the northern states and some of the ones out far west. 
like California, Oregon, Washington, uh, New York, uh, some places up towards Michigan and stuff like that. But they're, they're, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's... I'll be nice. <laughs> Sorry, say again. I said, I'll be nice. <laughs> yeah. It's a difficult um, subject because, well, I just think the world's gone mad basically for the, for the last year and a half. Mm. And uh, I think, um, Historians are going to have a field day with 2020, picking over oh, yeah. the picking over the remains and the bones for the next 50 years or so. Yeah, the good thing is it makes Bigfoot look sensible. <laughs> <laughs> Every cloud. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we should. Um, I think we should wrap up. We're rocking up to an hour already, George. Yeah. That's cool. Um, it's been fun. We mm. we uh, we've not done any cryptids for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't really talk much about cryptids actually, did we? No. But um, yeah, I'm gonna look into the Bermuda Triangle. You've you've piqued my interest. What's your what's um what's your next podcast episode? What's the subject of that gonna be? It will be the the Stalin trying to create the superhuman. That sounds right up my alley. Scotland, did you oh, say? Stalin. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Not Scotland. <laughs> oh my word! Yeah, yeah. Oh, genetic, te- genetic. Um, I wonder if that if that runs into sort of East Germany. And do you remember the uh, the drugs, the Olympics? Yeah, could yeah. Be the Ubermensch. The Ubermensch. That's um, well, whatever. <laughs> what the funny part of this? He did the experiments about trying to create human hybrids using gorilla and humans. And after that was when they started having the sightings of the wild man. Oh. In Siberia? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to listen to that. It sounds right up my alley. I want to record it. You're going to record... I record that that episode Monday. Excellent. So, good. You know what to do, listeners. Go and uh, subscribe to uh, Odd and Unusual Tales podcast. Yes. Uh, I'll put a link in the description anyway. I'll take it. It's on all the usual pod- podcast platforms, George. Yes, sir. Yeah. Podcast addicts. I'm using at the moment. It's a solid, uh, solid app. Right. Yeah. So uh, go and subscribe to it there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been nice to meet you. Uh, again, check out all the links in the descriptions. Mm-hmm. Stay on the line for us for one minute, George, while we play ourselves out. I'll do it. Thank uh, you very much. No problem. Nice to see you. We'll catch you on the flip side. Cheers, George. Pick up. Oh, you're just a complete waste of space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking homeopaths. What? Why did I marry this idiot? It certainly wasn't for his penis. Right then, we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That was our chat with George Lunsford. Yeah, and George. Jo- I enjoyed George. No, odd George. And George George. Odd and unusual tales podcast. I'm looking for. I'm yes. gonna. I'm definitely gonna check out this episode on Stalin and the Ubermensch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's next week's right.
He's going to record it tomorrow, he said. He's saying, he said, uh, well, are we allowed to say, or is it a spoiler? What? Well, he said he, he said it was um, him researching kind of getting the genes of gorillas somehow and combining that with man. Fucking crazy communists. Yeah, madheads. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of mad lads, eh? Yeah. What kind of jeans do gorillas wear? Levi's. <laughs> what cuts, do you reckon? Skinny. Tape, skin. I can't imagine a gorilla in skinny jeans. A, a nice, a nice boot have, like, cut. Tapered. I've seen a few gorillas. Grogu! I've seen a few gorillas in skinny <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Usually with the sort of late 90s, early noughties, um, twisted Levi's. Remember them? Mr. Wazo. Yes, I do remember the twisted seam, um, Levi's. I also remember when jeans were, um, when flares came, oh God, when flares became fashionable again. Towards the. How come Grogu has no legs, by the way? You've just. I know, yeah. Shown how the sausage was made. We never, I don't know if you ever got to see his legs in the TV show, did you? Or did you? No, he moved about, though. Like this, though. Shuffling. Yeah, it might be like a slug, like Jabba, what's it called, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, a definite cryptid. Yeah, exactly. Slug, Yoda. Maybe we'll find out. I want to see Grogu's legs. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, George was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, check out the podcast. Um, Odd and unusual tales. Yeah, Bermuda Triangle, that's something I need to look into. I know nothing about the Bermuda Triangle. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll bring you the book that Amish Ben bought me for Christmas. Yeah, it's got it's like a little snapshot of different things, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I flew for it in a few days. It was very it was easy, easy to read, very good book. Right, okay. If I remember. I've been meaning to bring it for six months, so... I can't read it. If the random number generator doesn't select the book. Yeah, well, you'll read it. You'll read it in like a day, so. All oh, right, okay. It's fine. Right, let's do some housekeeping. Housekeeping. <clears throat> housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's a myriad of ways of doing this. All are appreciated. Uh-huh. iTunes reviews are one of my favourite. Are they? <laughs> yeah, we haven't added it for fucking time. No, yeah, we haven't added it for a while. with iTunes, though. Oh, is it no longer? Are we no longer? They, they, changed, they changed their podcast, their way of doing stuff or something. They've changed. I, re- I just read the headline. <laughs> Yeah, they've they fucked. I think up. you have to pay, or they have to pay, or something. They've opened up a, a new monetization avenue for podcasters, where it's a subscription service through iTunes. So we could sign up with this iTunes thing, and people would have to pay whatever it is four pound a month or whatever ah, right, to okay. get our new episodes. I see, I see. And they launched it, and it just wiped out everyone's fucking feed who'd signed up for it. Dan Carlin, you know, Hardcore Histories. Yeah. Dan Carlin, one of the big oh, yeah. podcasts in the world. Errors. New episodes not showing up. Oh. They, uh, they, they completely uh, screwed the pooch. 
Uh, but that's not an issue for us because we, we're never going to do things like putting things behind paywalls or subscriptions or anything. It's free. And no. if, um, but what we do ask is that you return some value in uh, various w- ways. iTunes reviews are something we probably should push, even though, what is it, 10%, if that, of people who lis- are listening now? In fact, it's even less because now we're video as well. I mean, it's 10% of MP3 is iTunes. So when you take into account video as well, I mean, it's probably 5%, if that. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, but apparently it's important, you know, podcasters sort of have some sort of put some weight behind this thing of having iTunes reviews. So if you, if you have a, an iPhone, mm. uh, even if you listen on, on a far superior app like Podcast Addict or a Podcasting 2.0 app, send us a, a review on iTunes if you've got the time. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel and the Odyssey channel. Yeah, throw us some uh, crypto. You can earn You can earn free crypto every day on odyssey mm. and uh it's up to you what you do with it uh, but you can use it to send tips and microtransactions to your favorite content creators that helps us do this um and buy merch buy merch we had some more hoodies t-shirts go this week i'm gonna use that logo you know the new logo on i think i should put maybe that put that on a t-shirt because the uh you see the where it says the armist inquisition in red and black Yes. Uh, that is sold this week, just like the plain T-shirt with that on it. Nice. So I think I should get that logo and maybe put that on a T-shirt and see if people want to buy it. Yeah, I think yeah. that'd look nice on a black T-shirt. Well, what I need to do, I'm, I'm shit at computers and graphic design, but if you're going to put it on a black T-shirt, you'd need that logo to be transparent, you know, rather than a black square you know, it won't, It would look and feel a lot nicer if it was transparent on a black T-shirt. <laughs> but I don't know how to do that, you know, so... Uh, okay. You shit out of luck. Uh, what else can you do? You can uh, join the Discord. Yeah. We've got a Discord, uh, a, a new fledgling Discord channel that's been going for a week or two now. And um, b- uh, massive thanks to the people in Discord who've been sending stuff. I've been, we've been inundated with news stories, video oh, nice. clips and stuff. Um, even though, you know, there's only a, a couple of handfuls of people in there, uh, they've really stepped up with with um, providing information, more than I'm having to curate, <laughs> you know, because I'm finding stuff as well, as I do during the week. And, and that's the position we want to be in, isn't it? We want to be curators of knowledge. Yeah, and, and separating the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. And and the the tenderest, the the nicest juiciest nuggets eat the eat the finest kernels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thanks. Yeah, and join the Discord. I'll put a, there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to. Uh, Have you joined the Discord, Amish Ben? I think so. I've, I've clicked some buttons sometimes. <laughs> he's joined. I, he's a, he's a bit of a what do they call it? Not a snooper, a floater, a lurker, a lurker, a lurker. But, Exactly. What do you call me? Who's not even joined or downloaded this? Is it an app? You, you're dead to me. Is it an app? <laughs> is, it, is it called Discord the app? Yeah. Okay. I'll send you a link. Well, just look in the show notes for fuck's sake. Like we asked <laughs> the producers to do. Look at the fucking show notes. What am I? I don't know. I don't know what you are. Some <clears throat> sort of Wookie man dog dog man hybrid. I think. Uh, yeah. I'm the talent. Yeah. What else can you do? Um, video clips? Yeah, artwork. 
artwork. Yes. Uh, it doesn't even have to be new artwork, but... <laughs> Anything. No, we got sent a couple of old, like... One was a year old piece oh, of okay. art, and one was like a decade old piece yeah, of art. You don't need to. You don't need to draw a picture f- specifically for the episode that you don't know the name of yet. No, you can do that. Yeah, you'll struggle. But a repurposed art, if you think it fit, would fit in with the themes that we discuss, the exactly, stuff that we yeah. cover. Yeah, um, we would appreciate that because it, I mean it's nice when you open up a podcast app and you have a new show art every week. Mm. which we've had for the last two consecutive weeks. Yes. So, yeah, that's appreciated. Again, Discord's a good place to send that. Mm. Anything else, Ben? Um, Maybe toss us a coin. Toss a coin <laughs> to your witcher, oh, valley of plenty. Oh, I'm literally plenty, a communist. Oh. How dare you? He's a homophobe and he's a misogynist. What's my favourite gun? Flaming cum! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't get enough enough donations. And And it really bothers me. But, you know, there's a PayPal link at thearmistinquisition.com. Is that your new tail, Phil, when you scratch your boobs? Tell for what? I don't know. What am I doing? I'm podcasting. You're cupping your boobs. (laughs) What? I've done it a few times now. I don't know. Is if I cut my balls? Well, I don't know. I'm just wondering if, if there's something on your mind when you do it. There's always <laughs> fucking a horrific amount of shit on my mound, mind constantly. A horrific amount of shit mouths. on your mound. It's like I could do with like half an hour in here just to decompress before I hit the record button. Okay. Because it's just been a mad weekend and I haven't had a minute's peace. Maybe you should just allow yourself to have that half an hour then. Okay. Not now, but like. Oh, well, when then? When before you come in, come in at like quarter past seven. Uh, yeah, I'll try. I'll try, but you know, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. <laughs> Where are we up to? Um, then, um, uh, thank the producers, I think, comes next, doesn't it? Does it? Does it? Or is it? Yeah, we've not done that yet. Have we not? No. Follow us on social media. Instagram, Twitter. You've already done the toss as a coin, though. I know, but Ben Ben jumped the gun with the old donations. Oh. He obviously, you know, he hasn't learnt the myriad ways of becoming a producer. No. <laughs> Nothing? No. He just assumes producerhood. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Look at him crying. Mm-hmm. He's crying. Oh. Into his beard. <laughs> Into his beard. I've trimmed mine. You see? I'm I've like scalped a, uh, my face. A hereditary peer. <laughs> <laughs> Right then, are we thanking the producers then for episode 190? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> what are we doing Toss instead? Toss a coin again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Toss a coin to your whip. No, not I really bad. Oh. No. Yeah, do it for... Lads. 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 Right. Oh, it's just chaos this week, isn't it? It's terrible. Terrible podcast. Sorry, George. We're doing our best. I just can't hold it together. No. Let's thank the producers for episode 190. We have... <laughs> Gav Scott, Slicko83, Lee from The Big Conspire, DCI Shanks, Robbie Robertson from Out of the Blank, Helen from Discord, literally Shane Davis, online chemistry tutor, and the anonymous people who bought merchandise this week. Thank you. You're so amazing. In your love. Yeah. So, 
amazing in their love. It's a miracle. Literally. The best mate. Like a judgment day and terminating mode like. The dwarf. The carrots. The grape. The homophobe. The winds. The asthma. The crumpup. Cunt. The number 11. The blind man. The fallen on the horizon. The cripple and the mother of. An old friend is here. From hell. Freedom. Delightful. Thanks for your support for another week, making this podcast possible. A good list, a good healthy list there. Mm. And uh, I should mention, um, when, if you did buy, those of you who did buy merch and you want to produce a credit, take a selfie of yourself <laughs> modelling said merchandise. Uh, if you wish to produce a credit, send it to the Instagram or the Discord or whatever, and um, we'll sort it out for the following week. Yeah, Because we don't know. Who buys the merch? We don't get any uh, email or contact details or anything. So, is that fair enough? Let's have a rogues gallery. I would say so. Yeah. Right. Let's do some COVID news because it's been a slow news week, hasn't it? <laughs> COVID nineteen. People have got to understand vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating mode like... It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab tests in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. Because we're getting bored, we want to have fun. I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. I think you're hitting, hitting the... Po- <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You're just mashing everything. No, can't even press the button now. Anal swab tests for... Hey, I got a good one. A relevant one. Mm-hmm. So the week, this week has been the week where Hats Mancock has finally fallen on his pork sword. <laughs> yes. Uh, for those of you listening outside of the UK, Hats Mancock is the UK Health Secretary. Yeah. And um, he got caught in an embrace in his office. Mm. With a sp- Went for the cleft <laughs> on CCTV. The best, it's the best place though, isn't it? Cleft of the... Cleftal region. Yeah. Of the Butox. Of his special advisor, his very special advisor. His spad. Yes. Dominic Cummins. <laughs> I've got a little clip here from Sky News. This was... Um, so this got leaked to the Sun newspaper, I think, Friday morning. These uh, photos of him. It's a video, isn't it? CCTV video from inside the Department of Health. Inside his office, I think it's yeah, it is someone else's office. It's this other MP, isn't it? I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Uh, okay, uh, and then sort of there was sort of crickets for a little bit, and then he came out and made a statement on Friday. Uh, Let's yeah. get a backgrounder from Sky News. 
Health and Care Secretary Matt Hancock has just given a statement in the last few moments. Um, he says, I accept that I breached the social distancing guidance in these circumstances. I have let people down and I am very sorry. I remain focused on working to get the country out of this pandemic and would be grateful for privacy for my family on this personal matter. OK, let's go straight to Sam Coates, um, who can uh, talk to us about this statement. Clearly, uh, Matt Hancock's saying he's sorry, Sam, but he seems to say that he's staying in his position for now. So I think what we read into this statement is that Matt Hancock is telling us that he doesn't have any plans uh, to resign. We're st no plans. So that's the first statement. We had, we had nothing from number 10. It was Matt Hancock who came out with this statement first. Mm -hmm. wants to focus on his family. Also, he, he wasn't doing that back in May, was he? <laughs> well, yeah, he said, it, well, he said he wants to focus on the job of getting us through the pandemic. He never mentioned his wife or his family in that statement, funnily. No, just then he said, oh, in the statement, yeah, yeah. Does he have children? Yeah, three, I think. Mm -hmm. Two, two, and one adopted. Oh, dear. Yeah. I think um, Dapper on Twitter, Dapper Laughs had a good sort of summation of... What he was called doing? Matt Hancock necking some bird that ain't his wife. I mean, that's proper year eight snogging. That's his aide, Gina. He's proper put her on the green list. She can be visited any time. Is that a vaccine in your pocket or are you happy to see me? He's just at home right now giving it the fake crying like he did on the news, having to tell his missus that he really has been eating out to help out. What's this, Matt? The new cheating variant. You catch it, you've got to go out necking birds that ain't your wife. So the old scum, right, they published it thinking they're heroes, right? They want him fired for cheating, yeah? They want him fired now for cheating, but not for bumming the old country, fucking the NHS, all the death, lying to Parliament and the dodgy contracts for necking some bird at work. The reason why it pisses me off so much is one rule for us and another rule for them, yeah? Imagine this, you come to my nightclub, you can't even move from your table to another table, you've got social distance, you can't even go and chat up another bird, and he's at work, second knuckle with his aid. Never thought I'd say this, but I reckon it's time we started ignoring these posh twats. Do you know what I mean? While he's out there double-jabbing, fuck off, schlongheads. Schlongheads. Wow, dang Schlongheads. Double-knuckle. <laughs> What was it? Oh, second knuckle, he said. <laughs> second knuckle, he said. Crazy. Well, yeah, very succinct uh, overview of the event. From who was that? Dapper, Dapper Danny Dyer. Dapper Laughs on Twitter. Dapper Laughs, right. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean, what's he done? He's broken the social distancing rules, hasn't he? Guidance. Guidance. Okay. I mean, more interesting to me is that he's hired his best mate from university mm. uh, as a spad, a part-time spad on fifteen to twenty thousand pound a year of taxpayers' money. Is that is that all she got paid? What just to suck him off? Do you want more? Do you well, think she's doing work? We should be spadding him. Advising him, is she not? She's she's she. Does she not run a lobbying firm? She used to. I don't think she's there anymore. But she right. used to work for Luther Pendragon, <coughs> which is a lobbying firm. I thought that's what her job. I thought she set that up with her husband. Um, no, her husband is the <coughs> Ollie. It's the um, 
uh, it's like a not a department store, but he set up a chain of stores. Oh right, okay. He's nothing to do with the PR, okay, firm lobbying firm. Mm. And he, and the, she did the degree, didn't she? So she should be a, an MP. She did the PPE. I think it's politics, philosophy, and economics at Oxford. Yep, and that's the one they do, isn't it, to become an MP? Yeah, it's prerequisite, I think. Now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> conservatives. Have you seen the video? Of him kissing her. Yeah. yeah. Did you wretch? <laughs> <laughs> I just... Uh, it it just beggars belief, doesn't it, that you... you that they think... Uh, but the, well, there must be loads of other MPs having affairs, just, you know, because of the, the ratio and the numbers of them. But um, in such a high-profile job, it must be, you know... I, I think he might be on television more than Boris because of the nature of his role. Mm-hmm. And to think that he could get away with it and to be able to sort of feel that he could... Um, perhaps getting away with it isn't the right kind of way of terming it, but uh, without someone sort of dobbing him in for it, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's not even taking into consideration the fact that he was married and he's got children. No. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I sort of, I'm sort of putting my shoes into the mind of someone who, for the last <laughs> six, what your shoes into the mind? Yeah, I'm putting my my shoes <laughs> into the mind of someone who, for the last so sixteen, violent <laughs> for the last sixteen months, has stuck to the regulations and the guidance religiously. Yeah. Has said goodbye to a dying loved one over an iPad, and then sees the health secretary behave like this. I would think, hashtag I'm done. I'm not playing this charade any longer. I've had enough. But the variants, Phil, or political scariants. Mm. Yeah, no. So, I mean, this is the other thing, isn't it? Of what, of what it says, of what he thought of um, the rules, I guess, or guidance. Um, but I don't know. I, I it's think not him. It's not just him. Did you not see any footage from the G seven? Oh, and or having the barbecues and stuff. Are they all necking each other. <laughs> they all have the put the masks on for the photo op. And take them off. And then they, as soon as they just take them off, and then you see them hugging each other. Mm. I mean, it's, it's so blatant. Yeah. They're well, laughing at you. Even That's even before you take in consideration sort of how many thousands of people would have flown in and out of the country. Andrew Marr's... I, I was going to send... I, I, could, I could have sent this to the Discord. Andrew Marr was saying that he had a nasty bounce of COVID last week, even though he's been double-jabbed. That's what he said. Um... I'm sure that's what I read on the BBC app. And uh, yeah, someone who's double jabbed and, and has, has a pretty bad at the moment. Well, p- pretty bad's a strange term, but that's not what the jabs are about, though, isn't it? It's about <laughs> reducing the illness and stopping you going to hospital or dying from yeah. it. You might still you might still be ill for like be on your ass for seven days. <laughs> yeah, but he reckons that he got it from the G7. 
He said that. Just by watching it on telly. He went, didn't he? He must have gone. Maybe we got some. I think he had some dodgy chicken at that barbecue on the beach. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Is he um, Andrew Marr? So, do you think he is more at risk since his stroke? Yes. Wonder if that has anything. Well, our stroke's not related to uh, blood clots. Yeah, it's vascular, yeah. isn't it? But then aspects of this, COVID is, is supposedly vascular as well. It is a vascular disease. Oh, yeah, that, that was a would rip- put him in a high-risk category then. I think there was a, mm. a study, was it from the Coke, the Robert Koch Institute, <laughs> saying that this isn't a, what do you call it, lungs. It's not a respiratory disease, respiratory. It's, it's a vascular disease. There's all sorts of weird shit coming out in the in the science, you know, regarding the spike protein and its cytotoxicity, and uh, where the vaccine goes once you've had it doesn't stay in the injection site. Loads of weird stuff going on. I listened to. Um, did you hear the Joe Rogan emergency podcast? <laughs> no, what was that about? The first one. He had Brett Weinstein and uh, prof- uh, not Professor Doctor Pierre Corey on. Mm. Talking about ivermectin, um, the treatment, the wonder drug that works prophylactically. It works when you're ill, and it also cures long COVID. Mm-hmm. I think there's sixty clinical trials for ivermectin. Tess Laurie's just done a um, oh, what do you call it? A meta-analysis of all of them. Uh, the problem is, is that it's out of pattern and it costs about one pound fifty a dose. There's no money in it. Uh, but Brett Weinstein is convinced that you could we could finish COVID in a, in a month with this. It would be a thing of a past. We could actually eradicate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he got um, taken off YouTube for saying that. Because it goes against WHO. Well, people, did people not get taken off YouTube for saying that the virus was a, a lab leak? Yeah, and they got that wrong, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, um, you've got to speak up against the orthodoxy. You've got like this guy, Pierre Corey, who's one of the number one respiratory ICU doctors in the, uni- in the world. Mm-hmm. Who's been on, in the trenches since day one as well as being scientifically literate, running his own trials, all the rest of it. And he's saying, like, I'm sick of seeing people in ICUs dying when they can be saved. Some countries have actually banned it. Not allowed to sell it in some countries. Why? Why, yeah. This is the the big sticking point. We don't know what the why is. I mean, I've got a pretty good idea, but I don't want to be labelled a conspiracy theorist. You'd love to be labeled the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> nah, I'm used to it. <laughs> no, I think it's quite mundane. I think it's just money. Right. It's just all about money. There's no money in it. And, uh, yeah, it's worrying. We've sort of diverged from Mancock. All oh, right, yeah. Is there more? Fucking loads, yeah. on the Mancock. Oh, God. Did you hear the Shaggy parody? <laughs> no. No? It wasn't me. 
Some newspaper call me red-handed, creeping with the joy next door. Set you on a summer that met hanging up, banging on my down the street door. How could I forget I wasn't wearing any BP? Though she hasn't had a vaccination, she got a little break from me. <laughs> Beautiful. That was good. I enjoyed that. Appreciate sure this That's was out on the second day. Do you want to hear the uh, the second part? Mr. Hancock, tell me, are you high? Are you burning? Having an affair, this guy was trying to be conning. They should call him Dominic because he's always coming. When he sees a sky news cruise, his man is running. I can't believe this man is our secretary. Fondling the bunda, caught in 4K. Having an affair, trying to do a Boris J. Two meter distance apart, no way. I mean, the internet has had a field day, hasn't it? Yeah. Over the last few days. Yeah. The memes, the, the memes have been, have been gl- strong. Glorious, yeah. Yeah. I did a post on Instagram with, like, the greatest hits. I think there was six. Because I was posting each one as it came through. I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to be here all night. So I just saved them up and posted about half a dozen in one go. Yeah. That's, uh, he finally, well, after he gave his statement <laughs> where, you know, I'm going to get on with the job. I'm not going to apologise to my family. I'm going to get on with the job, and uh, I would ask for privacy. Yeah. Um, because this, this is a personal matter. Mm. I'm sorry for uh, breaking the social distance guideline, guidelines. Number 10 released a statement, didn't they? Do you not do you hear number 10 statement? No? No. Uh, I, I just Sorry, I just thought, uh, can we, I thought I heard a siren, sorry. Oh, there we go. It's a bike, that, isn't oh, it? Okay, it's a bike. Julie's gone mute temporarily. No. No, it's fine. Oh, no. Just, just um, some, uh, I don't know where it is. So number 10 released a statement saying um, <coughs> the health secretary has apologised and that's the end of the matter. Right, okay. Do you not hear this? Oh, so yeah, they tried... Yeah, Boris forgave him, didn't he, or something, and said I... he sees it as this is the end. And I need you. He was going to be the scapegoat, wasn't he, for the inquiry? We're still in office. Who's going to blame it on Matt? Right. That's the th- that's the th- one of the theories I heard. Why they were keeping him around after the damage is done. What do you mean? The damage of the last twelve months. Why would you Why would you keep him around if he's incompetent? Just to blame him. Um, he's yeah. already done all the damage. I suppose. Sack yeah. him off, get someone else in, and recover. Right. No. Well, maybe they want to keep it going. Well, mm, I don't know. So anyway, he got his he got his okay from Bojo, mm-hmm. and then today, was it today, when he resigned? I don't know. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I think. Anyway, this happened. I've been to see the prime minister to resign as secretary of state for health and social care. I understand the enormous sacrifices that everybody in this country has made, that you have made, and those of us who make these rules have got to stick by them, and that's why I've got to resign. Mm. I want to thank people for their incredible sacrifices and what they've done. Everybody working in the NHS across... That's you, Matt. Personal thank you. That's good. Does it feel good? Um, yeah, it's always nice when you get a thank you. Warms the cockles of your heart. Yeah, it just... I wish it sounded a little bit more genuine. Social care. Everyone involved in the in the vaccine program that I have nothing to do with. 
That's Nadim Zahawi, who was taken out of my hands because the Department of Health was a smoking ruin. <laughs> and frankly, everybody in this country who has risen to the challenges... He's risen to a few <laughs> <laughs> challenges, from what I believe. Yeah. ...that we've seen over this past 18 months. I'm very proud of what we've done to protect the NHS at the peak, to deliver that vaccine rollout, one of the fastest in the world. Uh, and I look forward to supporting the government and the Prime Minister from the backbenches to make sure that we can get out of this pandemic. We're so close to the end. And then build back better so that this country can fulfil its potential which is so great and I will do that with all of my heart he got it in there build back better little nod build back better mm. little nod to Klaus there mm, Klaus let me stop Klaus. this and he's been replaced by another wef stooge uh, Sajid Sajid Javid yeah he was the last UK representative to the World Economic Forum was he yeah I think he's worked for Deutsche Bank JP Morgan all of the big banks. He's balls deep in the new world order. <laughs> Savage. What are you clicking on? His email. It's not clicking. clicking that. Yeah, it is. That's it, just my... Is it happening? Why are you lying? We can yeah, see, you, we can see oh. you looking at the screen and clicking. Oh, you're on two... You're across two screens. No, you... What? What? What, what are you clicking? Can screens. I hear you going... That's just my nervous, nervous clicking. It's a, it's a pen. Apologies. <laughs> so, pen. Why do we have to mock you for your, in order for you to admit your guilt? Typical management it's attitude, isn't it? <laughs> so, it's, it, have you considered a? Uh, He's a, a manager. If you decide a career in politics, sort of denying they, culpability, uh, deny culpability, pass the book. I have no pen. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could do that. There is, the there pen is, is blue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got some um, earlier in the week. We got some happier news. I mean, do we do we want to stay on Mancock and try and figure out why why, why he what? makes a statement saying he's not going to resign? He gets endorsed by number ten. Mm. Saying that's the end of the matter, and then he resigns. The only, the, the only thing is, is um, yeah, either there was there's more to come. Yep. Or um, the other option is he genuinely has spoken to his family, and you know she said, "Well, yeah, you can come back, but you've got to give up your job that keeps you out of the house forever," um, and you know actually. Be a father to our children, Matt, and all that carry on. Mancock. Um, but the other thing as well is that, this is going off a bit, is you assume, we don't know what was going on in their relationship, do we? She might have known, his wife might have known, and might have been his, um, you know. Open re- open relationship. Yeah, or you could have, what's the other term? It's when, you were, when you were a lesbian, is it not called having a beard? I'm not saying that his wife's a lesbian. <laughs> But I'm sure that like famous actresses, um, they have if they were if they were gay or a lesbian or whatever, they they would have a beard, 
and would could potentially be a straight man or a gay man mm. that was there pretended to be their partner basically and would have children as well i don't know if they, if they had kids as well but um that's a, a thing a phenomenon i've heard of anyway his wife is um related to nobility obviously is that a band? It's, it's uk politics isn't it oh yeah if you look at her family history it's quite interesting barons and uh and he's a tory yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i know he went to oxford she went the person he had the affair with went to oxford and they're on the same course and all the rest of it i don't really know his background is he back is he like a greengrocer's son no not one of those stories is he like a, a middle-class story then i think so i don't think there's much known about his family background no there isn't is there because no. normally they make a play on that like sajid um they make a, they play on the fact that he was like a working class background kind of guy i think and then managed to make millions in banking and then dad was a bus driver right okay yeah yeah i think yeah maybe there's more to come i don't know mm. i'm not convinced that he is the sacrificial lamb I think there's something else going on do you that think, we don't know about. Do you think there's a there's a longer game with Dominic Cummings pulling the strings from outside of government? No, no. And the other thing is the the whistleblower, the Whitehall whistleblower. Yeah, uh, it's potentially criminal what he did. It is, isn't it? But, but I'm pretty sure whistleblowing guidance. You you are it protects you, doesn't it? If it's in the public interest, and um, former health secretary Jeremy Hunt yeah. intimated oh. that on Andrew Moore this morning, that you know um, this is in the public interest, therefore mm. we should protect whistleblowers. And I'm not convinced that it is uh, an, a concerned citizen whistleblowing. <laughs> um, no way, I'm going down that road. What do you think it is? Um. I've not really given it enough thought <laughs> to be sort of rock solid. But I think it's a conspiracy to get rid of him. I think I... The fact that Bojo endorsed him and then... If I was Boris Johnson, mm. when he comes out, Matt Hancock does his first statement saying, you know, mm. I'm sorry, I need privacy. Mm. I would have sacked him then. I'm a strong, yeah, I want to be a strong leader and seen as a strong leader. Yeah. It's fucking obvious. Anyone who went on Twitter who saw the public reaction, mm. this guy's dead man walking. Mm. Don't let him resign. Get rid of him. Makes you look better. I suppose the other thing is, is that the, the continuity, isn't it, of leadership in the Department of Health that he allegedly didn't offer anyway, but... Uh! It's fucking useless. Yeah, no, but it was a it was a, it was an own it was an open goal. This guy's useless. I need a reason to get rid of him. Here it is on a silver platter. Yeah. Okay, I accept your apology. That's the end of the matter. Oops, no. Twenty four hours later, he's resigned. Well, the other reason behind that is because of Bojo's numerous affairs, isn't it? That's yeah. What makes me think is that's that someone has something on Boris. Right. Okay. Is that what you're going for? Absolutely. Why didn't they sack him? There must be loads of stuff on Boris. Though. Yeah, loads yeah, there is loads of stuff. Phil. Some of it's that CCJ. Is that what it's called? CCJ, or it didn't pay a, a late oh, the, a loan or something. Gagging orders, something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a um, county yeah, court. You got a rap on the knuckles, didn't you? Yeah. From the court. Yeah. So I don't think it's probably a good place to have your your prime minister compromised. No. 
So who's pulling the strings? That's the question. Anyway, we'll, Schwab. Yeah, that's. Yeah, we'll see. Ain't no Schwab test. We got some uh, some happier news from Bojo earlier in the week. Did we? Yeah. Did you not hear this? No. You can never exclude that there will be some new disease, some new horror that we. New disease. We haven't uh, budgeted for. The new horror. Budgeted for. for. Or accounted for, but or accounted for. But looking at, at where we are, looking at the efficacy of the, um, the the vaccines against all variants that we can currently see, so Alpha, Delta, the the, the lot of them, Kappa. Um, there's, uh, I think, it's looking good for July the 19th to be that terminus point. Okay. I think what the scientists are saying is that you know things like flu will come back uh, this winter. Flu is going to make it come. Mm-hmm. It was on the floor last year. We may have a a, a rough winter for. No, you can't die twice. <laughs> you can't die of COVID and then die of flu. For all sorts of reasons, and the, obviously there are big pressures on the NHS. All the more reason uh, to reduce the number of COVID cases now. Uh, give the NHS the breathing space it needs to get on with dealing with all those other pressures, and we're certainly going to be putting in the investment uh, to make sure that they can. So we're giving the NHS some breathing space, some well-needed breathing space during the summer. Now, if you've been paying attention to the news this week, there's been multiple reports of A&Es at breaking point across the country. Yeah, like children with, with fevers turning up, mild fevers. That was The Guardian today, I think. I uh, Independence that. had two stories on it. Right. Got one here. This is, uh, this is the independent one, I think. A&Es, there was one, our local trust. It was in the right. LEP. Okay. Black, black alert. What does that mean, black? It means it's a breaking point, A&E. Okay. Can't cope. In June. Oh, I've been, I've noticed actually, because I, for my, I'm working at one and uh, it's a, an urgent care thing. So that's like A&E, isn't it? And it, they're like, the fucking queuing out the door. It's like hours. A&E on the brink from the independent hospital emergency departments across the UK are at breaking point with record numbers of patients swamping A&Es, raising fears that lives will be lost, the independent can reveal. Some hospitals have been forced to declare major incidents in the last few days because of the swelling number of patients. Hospitals across the country have set new records for patient numbers in recent weeks, surpassing the worst days of the winter of 2019. Now, 2019 winter was a soft winter. But whatever, we're in June. The most recent winter crisis in the NHS, blah, blah, before the coronavirus pandemic hit. A&E doctors from across the country have shared details with the Independent, revealing that in some units, patients are waiting as long as nine hours to be seen, though there are overall numbers up by 50% compared with pre-pandemic levels. The increase is putting extra pressure on hospital beds, which have already been reduced to try and limit the spread of coronavirus in hospitals. Ambulance services have also reported a rise in emergency calls, along with a growing level of violence against staff from frustrated members of the public. At least 30 hospitals across England have seen record levels of patients during June, stretching from Exeter and Plymouth in the south to Middlesbrough, Manchester and elsewhere in the north, including Preston. On Tuesday, the North Middlesex Hospital in North London declared an internal incident after 700 patients attended its A&E department, the highest level since January 2020, when 684 were recorded in a single day. In a day? More more in June, middle, late June, than in January 2020, the peak of the pandemic, (laughs) during the winter seasonality, when everyone gets sick. 
The University Hospital of Leicester Trust also recorded its busiest day ever on Tuesday with 925 patients, as did University Hospital of North Midlands Trust in Stoke, which saw 866 patients. University Hospital Birmingham, which runs three A&E departments in the region, attendances have jumped from an average of around 900 a day in December 2019 to 1,350 this month. One clinician at the Trust said patients were waiting at least nine hours to be seen. Leeds General, daily attendance was 350 a day before the pandemic. It's now exceeding 400 patients a day. So what's that, a sixth increase? Uh, Royal Liverpool Hospital, A&E, was described as at full stretch, with the situation labelled unsustainable. Other hospitals declaring record demand include London, Adam Brooks, Cambridge, John Radcliffe in Oxford. So, what is going on? Why are A&Es uh, at bursting point across the country in the middle of June, when this should be the respite, as Boris said? Scariants. Oh, uh, this is none of this demand is COVID-related, by the way. Oh, it's because... Um, oh, oh, is it the backlog of people getting ill? Could it be that as well? If it's like, you know, heart, cancer... All that kind of stuff, maybe. Or it could be because um, <clears throat> GPs aren't seeing people still properly. But then why it's would it... people haven't been ill for... You haven't been ill for a year, and, and now they're panicking over the slightest thing that they would have just had a lemsip for a couple of years ago. Well, it could be that as well. It's probably a, a myriad. What's yours, then? I think Phil's got a something baking. Yeah, I can tell he's got a yeah. he's got an answer. <laughs> well, there's several. There's several um, vectors. GPs is one. Well, they're closed. They don't not see people face to face. Not seeing people face to face, and they're not don't seem to have as many appointments. You can't get an appointment. Mm. You've got the backlog. How how ironic would it be? that to save the NHS from collapsing, we cancelled all our elective surgeries and scared everyone to stay at home mm. just for our health service to collapse with the backlog <laughs> okay. of stuff. We got none of the benefits. Mm. You know, we've, our death per millions is more than Sweden's or Croatia's, and we managed to collapse our health service and destroy our economy <laughs> for nothing. It'd be quite ironic. If the health service collapsed now, in the middle of summer, when it's supposed to be quiet. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? If, if there's just a massive backlog of people who've not been coming out, like Ben said. People didn't didn't stop getting ill. No, yeah. They, and they were scared. Mm. They were propagandised for a year, mm. which put them off going to hospital. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, there's the other elephant in the room as well. What's that? Adverse events from vaccines. Oh, okay. So a yellow card showing something like a million adverse er events. A million? Yeah, it's 900 and something thousand. Jesus. Wow. Is that having an effect? I don't know. I mean, I've... You can get sort of... um, I don't know. 
Yeah. That would be even more ironic if it was the vaccine adverse events that collapsed the health service. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's weird, isn't it, how it's kind of peaking now. Yeah, it shouldn't be. And not, like, unless it's because, like, it w- restrictions were supposed to end on the 21st and people have gone, oh, fuck, I've been waiting, like, 18 months, I'm just going to go anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think um, weird, delayed, cancelled operations and cancelled screening is massive. Carol Secor has been banging on about this for over a year, who's an oncologist. Yeah. Um, you know, the cancellation of smear tests, mm. uh, prostate exams, all that, that's all going to, that's not consequence free. That's going to kill people who yeah. would have been saved if they were treated early. Yeah. I think it's probably too early for that to be signaling at A&E to a large degree. I was um, I was talking to somebody and they were taking their mum um, to have a blood test and it was at like of as part of like a routine checkup that had been cancelled loads of times and it was at six thirty in the evening. Mm. So I, I I've never heard of anybody running a clinic at, at at those hours before. So I'm just wondering if people if they're starting to run longer clinics basically. You've got um, private private clinics run quite late sometimes. No, it was a, a, a hospital, like an NHS hospital. I wonder reduced capacity could be playing a part as well. So hospitals have had to take measures, mm. even though something like thirty percent of COVID positive tests are due to nosocomial transmission within the hospital NHS system, uh, even. That's despite the measures they're taking, the, sh- mm. the closing beds. Uh, so reduced capacity, enforced reduced capacity. Mm-hmm. The other thing is um, still staff absence as well, I'd say. Yeah, from uh, having to isolate. Or, you know, like happened um, to me, having your kids at home, basically. Yep. Ten days, there's nothing you can do about that. I'd like to know what they're doing in Sweden uh, if they're testing kids in nurseries and stuff and, and doing this bubble thing because mm. they never shut schools. Right. They've never shut the schools throughout. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hmm. Do you want to do a couple more bits? It's knocking on already. We've not even done COVID news yet. Um, Peter Dazak. We're familiar with Peter Dazak. No, he's the uh, the guy who runs Eco Health Alliance. He's chairman of the Lancet COVID Commission, mm-hmm. investigating. He was part of the WHO team. He went to China to investigate the origins of the virus. Okay, and his money has been the funnel for the gain of function research at the Wuhan lab. Okay, not a conflict of interest at all. No, that's fine. Yeah, he's been in contact with Anthony Fauci, whatever. Anyway, um, The Lancet published a letter this week. Um, There was a famous letter that came out last year signed by 27, co-signed 27 eminent scientists, saying that the lab leak hypothesis should be discounted. It's a dangerous conspiracy theory, is the language they used. Right, okay. Uh, This letter was (laughs) sort of organised by Peter Dazark and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Lancet published a letter today saying, you know that letter 
You know, when uh, if you read any scientific papers, there's a bit at the end where it says... Um, Conflict of interest. Yeah, you have to declare any interest. Uh-huh. So on this letter signed by 27 scientists, no one declared any interest. And the Lancet published a letter today saying... Uh, to the authors of this this letter, maybe you should reevaluate your interests. Wow. Okay. And then, uh, twenty four or forty hours later, Peter Dazak Dazak recused himself from this letter mm-hmm. um, because obviously his the conflict of interest is is astounding. Mm. He's been funding gain of function research at the Wuhan lab. To then be chairman of the Lancet's COVID commission and be part of the WHO team of 12 scientists investigating the origins of the virus. Didn't they spend, was it three hours at the Wuhan lab? I think they spent out of the 30 days. It was like an insignificant amount. Yeah, it was a whitewash and China came out immediately after and said, that's the end. We're not having any more visits, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) So that's an interesting development. He's recused himself from that. It is balmy, isn't it, what people sort of try and do and get away with. It shouldn't be anywhere near it. No, I don't. It yeah. shouldn't be anywhere near it. Mm. Uh, the editor of The Lancet, he's he's got conflicts of interest. He's, he's fucking two knuckles deep with the CCP, <laughs> as far as funding goes. Well, I imagine quite a lot of um, people who work in, like, biotech or whatever it's called, pharma. Would be, wouldn't they? Don't think. I don't know. Amish Ben. No, he's come out publicly saying of um, saying his support for the Chinese Communist Party. I oh. can't remember his name now. The um, mm-hmm. the editor okay. of the Lancet. He's been on Question Time a couple of times. Uh, you know, I'm not sure his, his uh, position is tenable. Anyway, we need to speed on. We need to motor on. We've, okay, go. We've, we've dallied for too long. I've got this. Uh, this is a bit creepy. This. This is from uh, a 2013 song by Dot Creep, featuring Lone Ninja, and it's called Pandemic. This isn't past teens on the plague of Athens Couldn't be eradicated like smallpox in action Avian influenza with a jet stream is how it happens 2020 combined with coronavirus Body stacking What? What? <laughs> 2020 nice. combined with coronavirus body stacking. Coincidence? Is he not just What's like? Is he not just snipped it and put it in? Put it on the internet? No. And, and used a wayback machine. Put no. it back in 2013. It's copyrighted 2013. What? What? Maybe maybe What's it worked. Talk to talk to someone. Creep. Doctor Creep. Doctor Creep. Oh, it's just a weird one. Yeah. Helen from Discord sent us that one. Thanks, Helen. Um, let's do some climate change news. Oh, climate, oh, climate oh, lockdown. Yes. Yeah, I found this. Oh, going. Dusty old jingle. <laughs> oh, God, it's filthy, this jingle. can't believe we missed this from the G7 last week. Prince Charles's speech at the G7. I've not heard this. Oh, you're in for a treat. 
The fight against this terrible pandemic provides, if ever one was needed, a crystal clear example of the scale and sheer speed at which the global community can tackle crises when we combine political will with business ingenuity and public mobilisation. This is the public-private partnerships they constantly wank on about. I thought they didn't like these anymore. Who? Them. (laughs) Like politicians and stuff, public-private partnerships. No, privatise the profits, nationalise the risks. All right, You're onto a winner, baby. You can't lose. (laughs) This is the future. I suppose. Same with carbon tax. Mm. You can't lose. Ladies and gentlemen, we are doing it for the pandemic. So, if you don't mind me saying so, we must also do it for the planet. Well, you know, this is the person, isn't it, who flew from... (laughs) His fucking estate to his duchy in Cornwall or vice versa or whatever. Um, and then that was kind of pointed out that he could have took the train maybe with other people. Yeah, um, he's a VIP. Yeah, and it was kind of said that, well, he oh, we've actually done some uh, numbers on the estate and the amount of trees that they've got and all the land he owns that he's pretty, he's carbon neutral actually. Yeah. So, you know. It's a royal train as well, so exactly. should be no excuse. But, you know. As long as you own um, thousands of acres or hectares of land and forests and, you know, millions of trees, then you're fine to do whatever you want. Good to go, baby. Because to build back better, we need, above all, a truly effective partnership. Uh, (laughs) Right, I'm, I'm I'm the mad conspiracies. Do you not hear all these different people using the same catchphrase? I know, yeah. And where does is it come from? Is that not ringing fucking alarm bells? Where does it come from? World Economic Forum. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Between government and business in order to mobilise finance and innovation and to deliver a just, just transition for just. developed and developing economies alike. A just transition into the new normal. Yeah. The fourth industrial revolution, <laughs> as Mr. Swab would say. Yeah. I've not read it yet, The Great Reset. The book. His book. Oh right, okay. It's uh, it's interesting. His his book, The Great Reset, from what I know, it 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 systematically goes through all the problems we have. Okay. Yeah. And offers no solutions. <laughs> because, you know, we're not allowed to see the solutions. He sets out all the problems, and then, you know, the people who go to the WEF will be privy to what the solutions are going to be. How old is uh, Klaus Schwab? 80-odd. Oh, that's all right, then. Who's waiting in the wings? Matt Hancock. Hancock. (laughs) (laughs) Savage Javid. Yeah, Savage. Uh, Jeff Bezos wasn't at the G7. This is one of Amazon's biggest UK warehouses in Dunfermline, in Scotland. And from inside where, millions of perfectly good products each year are sent to be destroyed. Secret footage captured in what's known as the destruction zone. (laughs) They have an area called the destruction zone. Is it cheaper to destroy them or something than to do something with them? 
I don't know. All right, go on, continue. I've no idea. <laughs> it calls into question the company's environmental and ethical practices. Wow. An ITV News investigation reveals unsold laptops scanned not for delivery, but instead marked destroy. <laughs> destroy? <laughs> Have you not heard about the chip shortage? Microchip. Yeah. Yeah. Electronic price is going through the roof. Scrap metal is going through the roof because of the gun, the shutdown in manufacturing oh, in right. China. Plus okay. the Suez Canal disaster. Yeah. And they're just, they're just destroying all this shit. Boxes full of electrical items, such as drills, shavers, headphones, even smart TVs. The list goes on. Brand new books still in their wrappers. Or jewellery or books. steel cutlery. With that same instruction. Destroy. It's a weird one, isn't it? The, I wonder what the official reason is for doing that. Artificial price, isn't it? What? Artificial price, keeping the price up. By d- destroying stock. The, the, this, these scarcity cons- thing. Yeah, it's scarcity, but these consumer electronics cost so cost nothing to make now. Right, okay. Because of the, the Chinese sweatshops where they have to put nets around the buildings to stop people committing suicide. Yeah. You know, it's all profit for corporations. Mm-hmm. That's where the money is. Uh, how much does an iPhone cost to make, Jack? Uh, I think it's not very much, is it, compared to what it sells for? 20 quid? I don't know. Something like that. And they sell it for, what, 800? Mm-hmm. That's all profit. What happens if, uh, if Apple's stock tanks? Um, isn't, it the, one of the, isn't it the most valuable company in the world? I think so, yeah. Bad news. Bad news for your pension funds. Yeah. Bad news for the stock market. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 scarcity. Part of it is scarcity, and uh, the, a lot of it's monetary policy, inflation, all this stuff. You could have. I think that you could have pretty much anything you need on a reasonable the destroy pile on a reasonable living wage. On a, on, a, on a low wage job, if the if the prices weren't artificially kept high, okay, I see. through artificial scarcity and controlling market market rigging, mm. you can have everything you need, but you wouldn't have everything you want, would you? Depends what you want. And so are you going into communism a bit there, Phil? We could just give everyone everything they need, and that's it. I don't. I need very little. The want is the thing. Some people want the latest phone, the latest TV. I can't give a shit about any of that stuff. But consumerism is 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 the thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They're trying to prop it up, trying to prop up consumerism. Why, why else would you destroy all this stuff? Why wouldn't you sell it? <laughs> yeah, it must be the reason. I don't know. Or, you know, it, it it depends whether it's returned stuff or if it's um, uh, just, like, stock that is no longer on sale or something. Um, yeah, part of different. it will be planned obsolescence with yeah. electronics, smart TVs. Mm. But surely if a smart TV is £400, say, for a really good one, mm-hmm. I remember when they were thousands. Yeah. A good TV was 1500 quid. 
Mm-hmm. Now you can get a smart 4K TV for 300 quid. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. Yeah, but it's all about 8K now. Ah, yeah, they're always trying to sell you something else. What about 3D? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch on, did it? Oh, fuck, yeah, there were 3D tellies for a bit, wasn't there? Oh, we might go on to something. Mini disc. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you what I won't be buying. I won't be buying a Subway anytime soon. Back in January, two people in California filed a lawsuit claiming America's largest sandwich chain isn't selling real tuna in their stores. Subway, which says tuna is one of their best-selling sandies, denied the allegations, but a New York Times reporter decided to commission some tuna tests. Now, they ordered several feet of tuna sandwiches, froze the tuna mixture, and then shipped it to a lab. A month later, the results found no tuna DNA was present in the sample, and the lab couldn't identify the species of fish used in the Subway sandwiches. Before you swear off Subway, though, for good, there's a possible explanation. Oh, there's an explanation. Is it not like uh, you feeling, nice. Has it been irradiated beyond <laughs> No, it's good news. There's an explanation why they didn't find any fucking tuna in the tuna sandwiches. It's good news. According to the Times, the lab said it's possible the meat is so heavily processed that they couldn't ID any tuna. <laughs> Told you. Told you. Oh, diet out of the window. <laughs> I mean, how can you process oh, tuna to the extent that it's no longer tuna? You denature, <laughs> you denature the protein so much. Oh. Unravel the DNA before you add the, D- the mayonnaise. Absolutely. It's a miracle. It must be <laughs> something to do with longevity then and like keeping it fresh in the shop. Uh, the moral of the story is don't eat, don't eat that shit. Uh, well, I quite like a sub though. So yeah. I've not had one for ages, but um, yeah, but my Meatball marinara. Uh, well, I have had one of those, but then it Four makes. Oh no, what's in the meatballs? Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> but that makes me go to sleep. Um, I like the uh, a BMT. BMT is nice. Got all the meats on. Do you, want, do you want cheese with that? Yes. What's the M stand for? Do I? <laughs> I have no idea. BMT bacon. It's... No, it's BLT, isn't it? It's B- yeah, it said BMT. It's an Italian BMT. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's, it's just got different meat. It's got like salami. Is it? Tea is turkey, yeah. Beef? Beef. Meat and turkey. <laughs> Beef, meat and turkey. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> um, did you hear Matt Hancock and his mistress sneaking onto the set of, um, um, what's it called, the new channel? <laughs> GM, GB, uh, GB News. I was going to say GM Foods. <laughs> <laughs> GMB. Yeah. GM Foods. Uh, GB News. Yeah, Mancock and his, and his missus. Oh, we and we're never going to go back to how it was. Excuse before. me. <laughs> <laughs> I played the wrong one. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? Labelled right. Oh my god, what's happened? Have I deleted a clip? Dr. Creep? Farage? It was there, it's it a GB and takeover. Where? I can't see it. A red one. Oh, I found it, I found it. This one? Yeah. No, know. it's not takeover. Well, that's what it says. I never sucked any ding dongs. 
Can I press it? Its receiver updater needs your attention. Oh, there we go. We're joined by a, a fourth. It's the wrong clip. Uh, you don't get them all right. I f- I'm missing one. I like it the theatre now. This one. What? GB car. I just I just press that one. I like it the theatre now. <laughs> well, this is all wrong. You've had a very stressful weekend, so we'll let you off. Oh man. <laughs> He got caught banging his uh, his mistress on GB News in the background. Right. Ah, it's a classic background GB News clip. I can't yeah. imagine that that's true, but anyway. Oh, never mind. I like the uh, yeah. This is the the this is another clip from GB News when they had uh, an interloper mid 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 uh, section. And we're never going to go back to how it was. Excuse before. me, Citrix receiver updater needs your attention. Oh, there we go. We're joined by a, a fourth. Oh, <laughs> I like that. It made me. It really tickled yeah. me. That. Excuse and me. We're never going to go back to how it was. Excuse before. me, Citrix receiver updater needs your attention. Oh, there we go. We're joined by a, a fourth. <laughs> That's the cosmos. Really? Excuse me, Citrix receiver updater needs your attention. Oh. Live oh, TV, live TV for nice. you. Do you remember uh, in The Simpsons when Bart used to ring uh, Moe's bar up? Yeah. What was it? Seymour Butts, was it? Yeah. Seymour Butts. Yeah. Amanda Hugging Kiss. Yeah. Amanda Hugging Kiss. Yeah, GB News got one this week. Of course, such as not just obesity, but type 2 diabetes, heart disease, in fact, even having a stroke. And Mike Oxlong has emailed me saying that he agrees with me. He says he thinks it's absolutely, absolutely the responsibility of parents to make sure their children have a healthy diet. But he says Mike Oxlong. Mike Oxlong. Nice. <laughs> okay. See, I see. That's good. You get it? Yeah, it took me a while, though. There's more from Dick Pound. <laughs> Oh. Have, um, we, have we have we waded through the filth of your mind yet? Uh, only well, I've just got Creepy Joe left. Okay, Cre- Creepy Joe Biden. So it's a good place to end. It's a good place to end. He's developed this uh, creepy habit of whispering. Oh God, he's a creep, isn't he? Whispering. Oh, that's that is creepy. During press conferences, this is probably because he's been told he's not supposed to shout at people. Don't shout at me. I'm the president. That's creepy just when you're doing it. Mm. I know. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week. I wrote the bill on the environment. Oh, shit. Fuck. Why would I not be for it? I said, yeah. Pay them more. <laughs> wow. Brilliant. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week. I wrote the bill on the environment. Why would I not be for it? I said, yeah. Pay them more. Let's pay them more. Oh, God almighty. It's weird, isn't it? $1.9 trillion. Isn't that like... More than our entire nation's GDP. I would say so, yeah. I'm sure it's something around that. How dare you! It's a lot of money, isn't it? To spunk. What's like no one wants to go back to work in the States? Is it two and a half thousand dollars a month they're getting? Or is it. Am I making. Why that, I think? 
these handouts. Mm. I mean, you can't blame the government, can you? The... Well, the thing is, what do you do? You call between the devil and the rock at a hard place. When does it end, those um, COVID payments in America? Do you know? I don't know. No idea. All right. I think the idea is, yeah. to, is, is that it doesn't end. You slipped into a UBI and uh, a he- tagged, UBI, that mm. tagged and bagged and uh, stay in your zone. Just wear this collar <laughs> with the uh, the little charge here and uh, be a good citizen. Right. Don't murder, death, kill anyone. Salt is illegal. And self-driving cars. <laughs> that you have to share. Yeah. Well, I watch it again. Demolition Man. Uh, it's happening. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to be egg-friendly. Egg-friendly? Yeah, I'm going to be in the sewers eating rat burgers. <laughs> While nice. you fuckers with your pastel, homogenous clothing... That's a little, happening. A living the high life above ground. I'm going to be uh, having the rat burger and living a free, wonderful life with uh, bad dentistry. And de- right, I'm making. Um, <laughs> I'm going to. I'm watching it this week. I'm fine with it. <laughs> When's the last time you watched it? Still not watched it since I was a teenager. Oh my god! So it should be up at the view. I know. Yeah, it should Especially be. If shouldn't it? Out at the cinema. Should we pressure we them? Go. Should we yeah. pressure them? I'm sure if they get three emails, they'll definitely show it. I have to keep an eye out for uh, Saturday night uh, classic film showings. Definitely. Yeah, it was Top Gun last week, wasn't it? You give that a miss. Well, it was football, wasn't it? Anything to add? Ooh. Should we blow this popsicle stand to, to give yeah, a, an 80s film reference? That was in every 80s film, wasn't it? Action film. Let's blow this popsicle stand. No, it wasn't. I think that's from The Simpsons as well. Have I made it up? Yeah. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Simon Shack. Simon Shack and Patrick Holmquist next week. Oh, the binary solar system. New model for the solar system. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh, we've got to. We're supposed to read something or watch something, aren't we? So we have a basic understanding of the. I have a basic understanding of everything. (laughs) No, you don't. Anyway, um, John McAfee didn't Epstein himself. <coughs> Praise Javelin. Wakanda forever. I've been coming to terms with the fact that I am... Fucking vegan. You have no authority here, Jackie Weaver. Come here, Goosey, big... Communist. I just stick and twist it! I got hairy legs. Mother of dumb. Hey, man. Hey, hey woman. Drink. I know things. No, they can't. This is the vice chair's here. I take charge. Feces. This is such a crock of feces. I've been coming to terms with the fact that I am in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. <laughs> you have no authority here, Jackie Weaver. <laughs>